Music for the show is from the... Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Trino Community Broadcast, our first episode here in 2024, and we'll be taking a look back at everything that happened in Trino in 2023. My name is Cole Bowden. I'm one of the Trino Developer Advocates, joined by Manfred Moser, as always, and with our guest, Martin Traverso, who should also be a familiar face to those of you in the Trino community. How are we doing today, Manfred and Martin? Good, good. I'm wondering, are we going to do more of these episodes than last year? Are we going to beat it? That's a good question. I think we had uh, 10 last year. So if we keep doing them monthly, we will be on pace. Yeah, maybe we have to accelerate that that speed. <laughs> there's lots of topics, to but you'll see there's lots <laughs> going on. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a beatable target. <laughs> yeah, so a lot's been going on. But before we recap what's uh, happening or what happened in 2023, um, let's go quickly and check back on our last two releases of last year, 2023, and our first release of 2024 already. So those are Trino 434, 35, and 36. Um, 34 is all the way back in November. feels like ages ago. <laughs> so we... We got a bit lazy over the Christmas New Year time. Oh, actually, that's not true. We didn't get lazy. We just didn't have time to cut releases and did other things. But you'll find out more about that. So what did we have happening? We shipped the filter clause for list ag. And um, the BigQuery connector got JSON columns, read support, and delete statements. Um, those were the highlights in 434. 35 was yeah, a lot about fun. I was going to say 435 had the big thing. It was one of the features we'd put on the roadmap at uh, Trino Summit. So proof that the roadmap works is the, the JSON table function, right? Yeah, so, uh, this is a complicated feature. Martin knows more about that. It's actually <laughs> fully working now in 436 because there was some little mini bug. And there's still no documentation because this Manfred Moser here hasn't gotten around to write the documentation. <laughs> but there's test cases for those of you. And it's like following the SQL spec. Okay. But... It's, well, it's pretty pretty intense feature. You know, and, and that, tell us a bit more about that, Martin. No, yeah, I was gonna say the good thing is that standard feature in SQL, so you can you can get documentation. You can look at documentation from, from other databases and and get a sense of how it works, how to use it, and so on. Um, it's a it's a very powerful feature. It's it's JSON table is a table function. It's um behaves as a table function. You don't invoke it like a normal table function, but it's a ta it behaves as one. And it allows you to uh, take JSON documents and and crack them open, parse them, break them up into into separate columns, and, and so on. Which is something you could s somehow do with the existing uh, functions for manipulating JSON, but it was very cumbersome. So with this, it's, it it looks a lot more natural. Um, maybe all today there was a Stack Overflow question where someone asked something uh, a while ago, and then I realized that can be done now with JSON table and much, much more elegantly. So I'll see if I can 
uh, get you a link Manfred so you can show it later. Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. Um, yeah, it's basically uh, interesting because obviously in Matino you can query things like Elasticsearch, but now as of 4.36 also OpenSearch, even better than newer versions, Elasticsearch and the newer OpenSearch releases. So we have a new connector for that. And those often contain columns that are just, you know, some random JSON. And with that JSON table function, you can cleanly like get whole rows and like columns of data out. It's pretty cool. The other thing we did on 4.35 is uh, performance planning improvements on Delta Lakes, improved the reliability on Google uh, Cloud Storage readings. That's one of the aspects of all the work that um, uh, that David has worked on, revamping the Trino file system. So the access to remote file systems on object storage systems, including Google Cloud Storage, but also um, Hadoop and S3 and all the others. Um, that work has gone quite well and it's like usable in all the four object storage connectors. So that's really cool. And then in 436, we also had faster selective joins on partition columns. And then there are a few other things that I wanted to mention. And that is as of 436, we pulled the plug and we are now requiring JDK 21 to run Trino. We've been requiring to use for build for a little bit already. And the Docker container has been shipping with it for a little bit longer even. Now we require it to run even for like basically reinforcing it in the launcher script and we'll start using language features and that kind of stuff soon. Um, are you looking forward to that, Martin? Any specific language features in Java 21 you wanna? Yeah, no, that, that would be, I mean, this guys we have been waiting for this for a long time uh, since we updated to 17. There's been a, a lot of improvements in Java, all the way from uh, Java language uh, uh, improvements to the language itself, a bunch of new APIs in the JDK that simplified some things we were, we were doing. And uh, also like features at the, at the execution, I mean, at the, in the runtime, like for example, uh, better support for uh, highly concurrent workloads with virtual threads. So there are parts of the, of the code base that we're gonna be able to modernize with virtual threads. There's a, uh, a set of APIs for managing memory more, more elegantly and uniformly and, and you know, kind of more standard and performant way. So we, we hope we eventually we can migrate to that. But then uh, all the, there's all these language improvements that will make the code base much easier to to manage to read. Uh, like there's a whole section, one of the areas I, I, I worked worked in for, for a long time is the analyzer, the planner, the analyzer, the, the parser, and all those those structures could ben can benefit from some of the features in, in, in Java, like uh, uh, sealed classes and pattern matching. So you can write code that is easier to read, easier to for someone to jump in and understand. So, so yeah, uh, very excited about it. Yeah, I already saw some PRs coming in from David and I think they changed over to math.clamp. That's also a 21 feature, right? Like one. Yeah, those are, there are some, some smaller changes in the APIs that, that implement things that we had to implement ourselves in the past. So, so now uh, it's just one, yeah, there's one I remember uh, when we implemented support for, um, 128 bit math for for uh, faster decimal uh, math we had to implement uh, multiplication of 128 bit numbers and we had to simulate some operations that 
that the um, the, the CPU can 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 implement more efficiently. But there was no way to access that. So in, I think in Java 18 they added an intrinsic for one of the operations. So uh, that that can help. Well, simplifies the code. We don't have to maintain a bunch of uh, complicated code, and also makes uh, performance faster for operations that, that need, need need multiplication of large large numbers. Yeah, that's crazy. So yeah, lots lots happening. Anything else from the last releases that you thought was interesting? Oh, it's been a while. Uh, I mean, I think you covered them. Jason. Taylor One thing that was... came up is the schema evolution. Uh, shout out to Mario's here um, on the Hive connector. The schema evolution's got much better coverage, and we also like uh, documented a lot more. It's Hive is going away. Yes, and everyone is Iceberg Delta Lake, but it's also not going away because <laughs> these technologies take a long time to go away. So it's good to keep improving things like that uh, for those people that are still using Hive and they'll be using Hive for a long time. And that's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, we'll be talking me. about Hive going away still in 2034, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we made a number of improvements around schema evolution over the last, I mean, I've been seeing a trickle of uh, changes over the last, say, or five months. So every release or every couple of releases, we had some improvement to um, uh, some function around schema evolution. I, I know just schema evolution is also um, support for for some data type conversions related to schema evolution. Like for example, if you have a table that contains I know uh, numbers, and then you change the schema to interpret that to uh, to use a i know some other type to say a vark i don't know if that's a specific conversion is allowed but uh we if you don't want to rewrite the whole table then uh, you need to be able to interpret that, that data in the different in, in a different type uh some of those are things that hide us out of the box and trino didn't have so we we've added them so now uh behavior is more compatible or, or at least similar to what people expect uh, when running queries against Hive data. And then, of course, if you are evolving your schema, changing type, adding columns, dealing columns, that all, all that helps. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, lots have been happening. So let's jump right into what happened in 2023 some more. How about looking at this? It's a bit small, so let me a bit bigger cool what have you collected here as numbers you want to tell us about some of those numbers yeah so small, i want to give a little behind the scenes real quick is is if you've paid attention to past trino annual recaps so we've had website stats uh i don't have access to website stats i just did my best so if you're wondering why they're not there it's not because they're bad it's because i can't see them uh, <laughs> but uh so by the numbers uh we had nearly, actually, by now we probably do have 65,000 views on YouTube because these numbers, I assembled them like a couple weeks ago. Uh, we had nearly 6,000 hours watched as part of those 65,000 views. So that's every viewer watching about, what is it? It's one-tenth of an hour, so six minutes, which we'll take. Uh, we had 5,000 commits on Trino and GitHub. 3,000 new people starring the project. Uh, about 1,200 issues created, which was a slight dip down, which I take as a good sign. I feel like slightly fewer issues hopefully means that as a community, we're running into less problems and or have a better understanding of when to create an issue because a lot of issues shouldn't be created as issues. Um, so that's always good. 
Uh, we had 700 new subscribers on the YouTube channel. We did 45 total videos, so about four a month going up on the Trino YouTube channel, though a lot of those were from Trino Summit and Trino Fest, which we'll talk about soon. Uh, 30 releases, uh, 40 blog posts, 10 Trino community broadcast episodes, as I mentioned earlier, and then two major Trino events in Fest and Summit. So a lot of different things going on. Uh, by the numbers, it was a 7% increase in commit, uh, a 7% increase in YouTube viewership, and uh, GitHub stars went up by 50% total. So Trino growing, being developed more actively, and uh, being looked at and watched. More yeah, and for those before. of you that don't know about the stars, you have to go to the Trino repository and click the star. We care about that, by the way. Yeah. It's important. <laughs> and I can't see for some reason now how many there are. Doesn't it normally show that? I yeah, I think you resumed 9.1K. Yeah, we should be hitting 10,000 stars this year. So that's a yes, fun milestone. We will. We'll be able to I'm like, confident. <laughs> pop, pop some party poppers in celebration of. So you mentioned uh, Summit. What, what did we have going on there, Cole? Yeah, so hopefully... Ideally, our viewers are familiar with Trino Fest and Trino Summit. As uh, I'm not sure how you'd get into the Trino community broadcasts without being aware of our bigger events. But uh, for those who don't know, hypothetically, uh, these are our two big Trino events every year. Uh, Trino Fest used to be called Cinco de Trino, though we chose to cease theming it after Cinco de Mayo, given the fact that we hosted it in mid-June. Uh, and Trino Summit is our major Trino event at the end of each year. Um, Trino Summit has usually historically been bigger than Fest, but this year they ended up being the same size, both two-day virtual fully online events with, I think, 34 different sessions across both of them. So tons of interesting talks, tons of speakers from a ton of different companies, uh, and the list of where those speakers came from is pretty impressive, so... Yeah, what was one of your highlights from the show, from those two events, Martin? You did the keynote on each one of them and obviously some recap and what's going on in the community, but like maybe from the sessions or what the vibe was and stuff like that. Oh, it's been a while. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's already page out of my mind. So, uh, <laughs> no, but I, I, so remember the last one, it was, I mean, it was a two day event and it, which is bigger, I mean, longer than, than uh, other events we've done in the past. And it was interesting to see the variety of talks from all over the place. Like, uh, I mean, sometimes you see you see in this conference like a concentrations of, of talks from one company or two companies. Here we had uh, talks from uh, all sorts of different companies with very different use cases. Some were very high level, like uh, how they are solving their problems. Some some were a lot more more specialized and more detailed. So it was it was good to see see a, a diversity of, of, of topics and talks. So I hope we can maintain that for the next uh, summit. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think it's been very interesting also to see how people come from like and join us from across the globe and also collaborate from across the globe, right? Like we have mm -hmm. people that run projects that work with people in Asia and Europe and the US and work together on some component of it and collaborate on pull requests for features across industries and stuff like that. And it's really cool to to see those collaborations come to fruition and um, get new features into Trina. That's been 
been happening quite good. And shout out to all the speakers. It's been awesome to have you all. And we look forward to have you again. We will be doing a Trino Fest. And details on when that's going to happen are coming soon. We're trying to nail down locations and stuff like that. So when you see here location, that might mean we might be on person somewhere. So we'll see. And of course, um, at Trino Fest, we also have Commander Banban join us. And by the way, this is the new one. It's gotten bigger. <laughs> Bonbon has grown in size, just like yeah. Trina. What do you know? <laughs> yeah, so Trina Fest and Trina Summit were awesome. I really loved it. Um, was great to, to host with you as well, Cole. And obviously, shout out to the team in the background, Anna and Mandy and Monica and everyone. Um, it's been awesome and I love doing them and we'll do more. Should be cool. Yeah, and it, it's... For those of you who paid close attention to uh, Trino Summit, Manfred lost power for the second half of day one. I can say I like hosting with Manfred a lot more than I like hosting without Manfred. So. <laughs> <laughs> I could say the same is less fun trying to run the show by myself. So yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll try not to <laughs> get the whole <laughs> whole summit power outage. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need to have a, a stern talk with the power lines around your house. Yeah, don't jinx me. By the way, we had just some snow dumps here the last few days. So, <laughs> <laughs> disappears, then don't panic. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the other thing that's really cool, uh, I think, is that um, this like uh, successful summit and fest and other events other people got inspired and did it too so we had a community in in, in seoul have a great meeting there was a great meeting uh, yuya organized with others in japan in tokyo um we had one in india there's a couple of shows going on across the us monica is doing like Trino on ice roadshow and things like that so there's really a lot of different events martin you also went to some places i hear uh well, I mean, no, I mean, I mean, <laughs> we're well, planning you went to at least two conferences in London, didn't you? Like, yeah, London? yeah, well, that was earlier last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a couple of conferences. Uh, it, it wasn't a Trino conference per se, but we, we gave a couple of talks there. Um, and I mean, I, I, I would like to see the, the community grow, grow uh, larger there. There's, there's a few people that travel from other parts of Europe, but um, I didn't see a lot of people from London itself, um, and we're planning, to, or we're, we're thinking of, of doing other other meetups and and talks in in Asia this year, hopefully. So we'll see. Yeah, well, it's also worth mentioning that the Trino, the definitive guide, was translated into a new language in 2023. Yeah, uh, two actually. Oh, two, right? So yeah, it, it became available in Polish and in. Chinese Mandarin, mm -hmm. uh, both like the second edition translated and Yuya is working with a gang of people to get a Japanese edition of the ground, which will hit in the next couple of months from what I hear. So that's really amazing as well. Yeah, so that's always exciting because when you have a, a guidebook and tutorials on how to get everything rolling in another language, it makes it that much more accessible to speak to people who predominantly speak that language. So. That should help Trino continue to cross international borders and spread around the globe, which is exciting for us because the more people you get involved in the community, the better it ends up being. That's the beauty of open source. Yeah, I think the Slack channels that we have, the general channels for some languages where there's a large enough community like Japanese and Chinese and stuff have also been pretty useful. So uh, people have active uh, communications there. 
that I don't always understand what's going on, but I sometimes peek in with Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else did we do this last year, Cole? Yeah, so I feel like the next topic that feels like it's worth addressing is the Trino Gateway, um, officially releasing for the first time in 2023. Though it's been around in some form for a little while longer, this last year was the first time that it was brought into Trino, given a Trino brand, officially released and supported by the people who support Trino. So that's a big deal. And for those of you who don't know what the Trino Gateway is, there's a talk on it at a Trino Summit from who three different companies at Starburst, Bloomberg, and Naver who collaborated on it in a pretty big way. Um, but to put it simply, it is a proxy and load balancer for connecting to multiple Trino clusters in one go. So if you're in an organization that needs multiple Trino clusters for workload reasons or for load balancing reasons, or because you want one with fault tolerant execution and others without, uh, the Trino gateway is a unified way to access those and split the workload among them, uh, which is a really big deal because multiple clusters in the past has been not very easy to manage and required a lot of manual drudgery to, to get working right. Yeah, you need to tell the users to, oh, and for that query, you go to that cluster, <laughs> which becomes painful. But yeah, no, that's been really exciting. I, I've been loving working on this project with uh, the people from various companies across the globe. And we actually will have a regular developer sync up now starting next Wednesday and do that every two weeks because there's so much going on. We got a contribution from someone in China just popping up and providing a brand new user interface, like a brand new web UI. And we got all the old crappy dependencies out. We upgraded to Java 17. We got Lombok eliminated <laughs> and stuff for like that. So there's there's lots more going on. And um, we're hoping to cut another release very soon and then get more into making Docker containers, Helm charts, and like improving the project a lot more. So there's lots going on. It's really exciting. And we, of course, also, thanks to Allison, got a, a logo for Trino Gateway. So that's good too. <laughs> We voted on the wrong logo at Trino Summit, unfortunately, <laughs> but what are we going to do? <laughs> I can completely claim innocence on that one. <laughs> I was not there because of the power outage. <laughs> I tried my best to steer us to the good result, and instead we got the the tentacle bun bun. <laughs> it looks a bit like the GitHub octopus. <laughs> Octocat. <laughs> all right. All good, though. So... Let's talk about some cool features that we had happening in Trino. I want to mention that Trino uh, support for SQL routines. It's been a lot of fun writing the documentation, testing it, getting a Trino uh, SQL training with Martin, Dane, and David off the ground, playing around with them, running the competition for Trino Summit for some more contributions. And it's been really cool. There's still some PRs that will hit even more, but there's a lot. And it's now also hit Starburst Galaxy from as a feature. So users can play around with it there. So it's it's really cool to to see this like support to write your function that you need once, publish it into a into a catalog and and use it. You had any any uh, messages or reach out from anyone, Martin, about the feature? Uh, well, I mean, general excitement from people is uh, this uh, the, the culmination of a long road uh, started, I don't know, three, four years ago, where we decided we wanted to make the 
the way Trino deals with functions more flexible. Because uh, it used to be that in order to write a function, you had to write Java code and they had to be deployed in your server before the server starts. And there was no way of namespacing them. So you had to make sure all the functions had uh, didn't conflict with each other and so on. Uh, and then we said, well, we, we, we want to let the, the connectors be able to provide functions dynamically so that you can load them uh, after the server has started. And, and we uh, and we wanted to namespace them so that we can have different packages of functions. Maybe the same function appears in two, in two packages or schemas uh, with different names. And you may want to have uh, packages like that to have compatibility with different databases. So you may have a, I know, a substring function that's compatible with Oracle and one that is compatible with MySQL because you're migrating from one of those databases and you just want to simplify um, the, the translation of your queries. And then once we got that, we said, well, eventually we want to be able to let users write their own, their own functions. And the SQL specification has an entire uh, uh, topic around that. So you can define functions in, in a SQL dialect, or you can define functions in, in other languages that are, in some cases are implementation defined. You, you can, the, the database can decide what it supports or not. And, uh, and we want to eventually get to that point. Now we have SQL, uh, SQL uh, function, functions using the SQL dialect. Eventually, we want to get to now uh, possibly allowing users to define functions in JavaScript or Python or, or some other. Uh, Assembler. <laughs> Assembler. <laughs> uh, so 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 that 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 will make it even easier for people that are not familiar with uh, SQL to come in and and um, interact with Trino or uh, port functionality from other places into Trino. So, so yeah, this is a, it's a, it's a really good, good step. It, it increases the power of what you can do with Trino and how you manage your data infrastructure, your, um, your data processes without having to go through, jump through hoops by going and writing Java code and, and redeploying your servers every time. Yeah, and it also feels like it's a great feature for some data engineers helping other data engineers, right? Mm -hmm. Because you write a function that's like, can be quite complicated and, and, and then other people can just invoke it and that's it, easy, easy, right? So right. I think that's really cool. Also thought that's cool that you mentioned the, the migration from other systems because that reminded me how we had in Starburst, we had Teradata functions and Oracle functions mm -hmm. and they had the same name and then they couldn't deploy yeah. both. And it's like, what a pain that was. <laughs> so now you can just you can just write them and, and like have them in a namespace and all is good. And the other thing that I wanted to also mention, uh, how you're saying they can override built-in functions. So uh, by having the same signature, you can literally replace the behavior of a built-in function, which is kind of cool for those compatibility reasons as mm -hmm. well. So right. very, very cool feature. I wanted to add that I can say with confidence that namespaced functions was a thought as far back as 2018. Uh, which... <laughs> That's right. That's right. You were uh, an intern in, in the yes. in the team at Facebook, and you started working on some of the features. Yeah. Yeah. My my very first introduction with with Trino was, I, it's not actually how we namespace functions, so it didn't it didn't quite go the way we wanted it to. But the goal of what I was working on was to namespace functions. Um, so. Yeah, you got thrown in a deep end, man. <laughs> That's <was> fun. <laughs> so, like, this has been six years in the making. I think is, I think, I think, I do get to claim I broke ground on it, uh, 
and then we were like hold on a minute let's build a different foundation we'll <laughs> way. but you know like <laughs> before well, construction on this began well, I, you, I constructed the little shack that got abandoned first <laughs> yeah well you worked on the uh on the language uh feature that allows you to do that the, yeah exactly SQL, SQL so, path which is yes. the, kind of the language foundation for that yeah yeah so yeah. another thing that's been a long time coming and it's <laughs> it's fun to see like you know, when I built it, as I had a conversation with Dane where he was explaining, you know, like, yeah, like this is what it's doing and this is what it's working to is user defined functions. So it's very cool to me to, to see them finally in Trino. And they're a big deal, you know, if like a function doesn't behave the way you want it to, fix it and make your own. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and we also would love for other people to share their functions. If you've written one that you think is really cool, let us know. Yeah. So another thing, a lot more features. Yeah, I was up. just going to mention one thing that's come a long time and is also like quite deep in the guts is dynamic catalogs, where, as you mentioned, plugins have to be loaded at the startup and stuff. Dynamic catalogs is kind of similar, right? Like it's derivative of property files with special class loader from the connector and stuff like that. So it also has to happen at run at startup time of the server. Well, no longer because Dane has been diving deep into the guts of Trina to to get this feature off the ground. And we've got it documented and people seem to be using it. It's a bit rough around the edges still, but I think it's got a lot of traction and people are definitely interested in it. What that allows you to do is you can create a catalog to connect to data source and use it straight away across the cluster. And Trino is smart enough to set this up on the coordinator and then distribute that knowledge across to all the workers and do the usual smart querying across in parallel and everything so it's pretty awesome you can also drop a catalog which yeah is if even you messed up <laughs> i feel deleting things is like the most satisfying thing if you're an engineer of any kind it's don't gotta worry about that anymore uh <laughs> and it it safely handles it where every query accessing the catalog will finish up and then it will be removed from trino so there's no need to worry about like exploding a query that's mid-flight but it will get removed eventually um, though we should probably give the caveat, I think this is still technically experimental right now. Um, so it seems some people are using it in production, but uh, you need to be aware of its uh, shortcuts uh, and uh, well, of its problems. There's a bit of a memory leak that used to be the case, but I think that's not there anymore because we removed the Hadoop dependencies that caused that. If you're doing like thousands of ads and removals of catalogs, which I mean, that's kind of crazy anyway, but please restart your cluster every once in a while. Just good, good idea in general. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for people that want to adopt this feature, please do reach out to us and let us know how it's going and uh, what, what problems you're encountering and stuff like that. We, we do want to improve it even more. Yeah. What else do we have? Martina, can I, can I toss the ball to you to discuss project hummingbird and the progress we made on that in 2023? Uh, yeah, I mean that's a that's one of those uh, also one of those umbrella projects. Um, the so the, the eventual goal of the project is to make um, to make the, the engine the, the engine of, inside Trino be uh, a state of the art, the fastest engine we can we can possibly build. Um, when we when we built Trino years ago, we we made it. Uh, as fast as we could at the time, as fa actually as fast as we needed at the time, I would say it was faster than than uh, Hive, faster than a lot of uh, the other open source engines that were 
that were uh, around that time. And, and then we focus on other things. So then over the, over the past, past few years, the past couple of years or so, we realized, well, there's still a lot of improvement, so uh, room for improvement. So we started focusing on that. And we've been chipping away at, at the problem. There's some fundamental architectural things we have to, uh, to change inside Trino to, to be able to get to the next level. And we made some of those uh, changes, like especially in, uh, around aggregations. And there was a change that landed, I think it was around September or so last year, that improved the performance of aggregations by 10 to 20%, uh, which is uh, pretty significant. It's actually one of the biggest performance improvements uh, we've done um, since we re-implemented the ORC reader uh, a few years ago, like four years ago. Um, and there's still a lot of a lot of things we were planning to do. Uh, eventually, we want to replace how all the operators, the the scan, the filter, the projection work to be able to take advantage of um, some of the more modern, well, not more modern, but what, some of the techniques that people are talking about these days around uh, more granular columnar evaluation, dynamic, um, uh, the ability to dynamically re uh, change the, the way the way um, operators perform internally to, uh, for example, if you're doing a filter, you may want to rearrange your filters uh, to, to evaluate the cheapest, most, most selective filters first, and then and leave the, the most expensive ones until later, which is something we cannot do dynamically right now. We can do some static adjustments during planning. Um, and, and, and then in general, overall revamp how the, the, the core execution works to uh, take advantage of some features that, that are coming up. Like we, we talked about Java 21, where there's a new, a new set of APIs that allow you to leverage SIMD instructions. So there are places where we can benefit from that. So we want to be able to take advantage of that. Um, so, so anyway, so it's still an ongoing project and there's still a, a, a long road ahead, but we made a bunch of, of uh, headway last year. Well, that's good to see. Because it's like, it's, if you're like a data scientist or an analyst on the far end of this, um, when I was using Trino pretty actively, like I remember there were, there were tips and tricks for like how to optimize your queries where it's like, okay, like you want to order your joins in this specific way. So like as the person writing the SQL query on the, on the end user side of things, you're trying to think about how to like, guide the engine towards the faster results but like with all these improvements and optimizations and ways of considering filters it's suddenly like less and less necessary for a user to be aware of it because the engine just gets smart enough to make those optimizations itself um which makes it easier to use on top of being faster which i think is kind of a great double whammy it's you know there's this world of optimizing a SQL query that that becomes less and less relevant and this world of my SQL query runs faster. So everyone wins. Yeah, and of course, you also mentioned the improvements from the ORC reader being written as a native reader. We also now have like completely rewritten native parquet reader and like all the other formats that came in um, and all those uh, benefit all our four uh, lake house connectors. So Delta Lake, Iceberg, Hoodie and Hive. So. Yeah. That's been a lot of change in that, and that's been really beneficial as well. So we can get rid of some of the old libraries from the Hadoop project, and that's been really exciting. Some of the other Lakehouse improvements also include lots more system data hidden tables, 
which is kind of amazing to see, right? Like you can sort of like in Trino, not just query the data, but also find out like, you know, what file was actually queried for that data and with properties tables and do change data capture kind of like information in Delta Lake and Iceberg and others. So it's been really cool to see all these improvements on the lake house. So Trino really is a great platform to run your lake house these days. Yeah, it's it's what it's it's timeline system table in Hootie. There's table changes as a function in Delta Lake, and Iceberg is like just teeming with metadata. It's built on mountains of metadata. So whatever metadata you want to know, it's it's probably there and accessible in Trino. Yeah. On the other side, that I think is cool that we did is we we got this like register table and unregister table procedures going, so that uh, basically no like telling Trino about an externally already existing table isn't so weird. <laughs> so you don't sort of like have to know the path like and like sort of like create a table when actually it's already there. You just have to sort of like it's it's more natural now and I think that's much better. So that's really cool. And those are all the improvements, of course. There's lots, 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 lots more in the Trino community broadcast. We always talk about the releases and you can check the release notes out to learn more. But we also had improvements in other things outside of Trino itself, Cole. Yeah, we had a lot of new clients announce support for Trino this year. Um, I think it's easiest to start with the Python clients of Fugue and Ibis and PyTrino, just the, the Trino official Python client, all of which were, were big deals for 2023. Um, so the Trino Python client had existed for a while, but this year we took some time to look at it, update it, cut a few releases, um, get it onto SQL Alchemy 2.0, uh, and make it more of a realistic way to work with Python and run Trino in it. Um, which of course you want to do if you're like a Python data scientist, but you want that performance of an actual Java query engine, because uh, for big data, Python ends up being not the most performant thing in the world uh, is my diplomatic approach to discussing that. Um, but so Fugue and Ibis on top of that, uh, they spoke at Trino Fest this year and they kind of do this translation from Python code into Trino SQL. Um, so you don't even need to know how to write SQL if you use the Fugue or Python uh, APIs and know their functions, then uh, they can write your SQL for you and execute Trino so that you get advantage of that speed without even having to learn SQL if you're unfamiliar with it. Um, so, you know, we're, we're in the SQL space, but we don't have to be if you don't want to learn. Yeah, and all of those are also available on the on the website. You can see here, there's a lot of them here and um, you can find more information about each one of them. So like, for example, CookieNED here, we had a Trina community broadcast with them and that's linked here. So for each one of them, you can find out more and check out if you wanna use Trino queries and write them in Emacs, you can, <laughs> or in Visual Studio Code or whatever, right? So there's lots and lots of cool things going on. Uh, recently, the last one that I uh, that we added and that was interesting to me was Rust. So there's a so there's a Rust client library that seems to be actually quite performant and used in some products that we'll talk about in some upcoming Trino community broadcast episodes as well. So really exciting to see all the developments in the community here, and of course we also have support for lots and lots of data sources and lots and lots of add-ons coming more and more and more. So very exciting. Yeah, I think there's two more. It's Popsicle, which we also did a Trino community broadcast with. 
um, yep. or PopSQL or whoever. And then there's also a TypeScript client that was published in 2023, which yep. I personally am a fan of because I really like imagining the intersection of high-powered, massive-scale data analytics and front-end web development. Um, that intersection is a very cursed place, in my opinion, <laughs> but a very fun one. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, it's, it can't if, always if you be find yourself in that location, there is something for you. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so that was the client, client ecosystem centers with Suno Gateway and other projects. The community has also been bringing up more and more different, uh, you know, Helm charts got improved that we have. Other people created operators and stuff like that. So there's always more going on in the community. It's really great to see. And of course, all the discussion happens on Slack. Well, a lot of it anyway. <laughs> what else did we want to talk about, Cole? I think we're getting pretty close. One thing I wanted to mention, a highlight for me, was that I became a Trino maintainer, which is a burden and an <laughs> honor. <laughs> it definitely keeps you busy. Um, but it's it's been very enjoyable to do that. Thank you, Martin and Dane and David, to uh, bestowing that honor on me. Um, I've been really enjoying doing the work on Trino Gateway and the website and, and code reviews and release notes and stuff for like that. So it's been yeah, really yeah. good. And also, um, it's been also really great to see James Petty join us from AWS and Mateusz Gajewski from Starburst. So the group of maintainers is growing and that's definitely also something that we need. We have a lot going on in the project. I just did a PR backlog grooming and there is always more help. We can get. So if anyone is interested in helping the project more, please do help out, do reach out, help on the reviews, chime in, and maybe we'll get some more maintainers in 2024. No promises though. That's up to Martin David, but I'm you just saying. <laughs> well, we also added, what was it? It was the, the concept of the um, sub project maintainer was something new to Trino. It's because Trino has right so many different things under its hood officially now in the form of the gateway and the Python client and the website and whatever else. So now it's, you can be a maintainer of just one of those things without necessarily being a maintainer of the actual core Trino engine. Um, yeah, I mean, the reality is that uh, we have, yeah, as you said, we have different focus areas that are sometimes very different from each other. Like the, the Python client has almost nothing to do with say the, the um, know some of the connectors so people are familiar with by and it requires a different set of skills too so um that's why we we we, we decided okay we, it makes sense to have people that focus on specific areas that that's their passion their interest um and and that's why we we went that way yeah seems to be working so far <laughs> that's to say you know if you don't want to learn the intricacies of a massive java engine there's other ways you can help out in smaller bite-sized projects you can contribute to if you'd like. So there's lots of different ways to get involved. It's easier than ever, and we'd be happy to have you. So so rounding out, I have to ask you, Martin, what's your wish for 2024 on Trino? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot. Now. <laughs> Put me on the spot. Um, uh, I mean... I know there's so many things we're working on. I, I want to see more progress on, on Hummingbird. I think there's now with, um, with Java 21, 
we get the opportunity to start exploring and experimenting with some of the uh, of the features that will let us build more performant code. So I, I hope we make make a, a bunch of progress there. Um, yeah, and then I mean, I, 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 as every every year, I want to see more people using it, like a community growing larger. Uh, I want to see people, more people talking about Trino and helping evangelize Trino. So uh, I mean, it, it's always been like a, a small small set of people that have been have been doing that in the past few years, and and a lot of people are getting value out of it. So I hope people. Uh, are are more uh, brave and, and can share their stories and, and and help others learn about Trino and and and, and join the, the this community and this group of of, uh, of users and developers. Yeah, that, that that lines very much up with what what I love doing and what what I hope for the community. I've been really enjoying all the collaborations we had on various projects, and I'm hoping we can pull in even more contributors in and more users and get more integration going it's been very exciting to see like a rust client <laughs> <I'm> like what <laughs> okay <laughs> and it's working really well so it's it's really amazing to see that and i, I love that so it should be really good what about you cole um hmm i want more people evangelizing specifically fault tolerant execution uh i think trino has built itself up this reputation as being such a great like analytics ad hoc query engine uh but now it can really do everything um and you know it's it's historically uh people have said you know they use this stack for they have trino for one thing and spark for another thing and no more spark yeah it feels like really the, the like those things really are coming together right like with gateway you can have multiple clusters with fte yeah. you can have one of them really really running stable the the storage for the exchange spooling is becoming more and more versatile and powerful and, and performant as well. So yeah, it might be it might be really coming together. I mean, there was a talk at Trino Summit where someone has brought that into production. So um, it is possible to use this and it's it is really great and and like there were tremendous improvements. So yes, that's that's what I want to see is I want to hear more people specifically hyping that up. Cause uh no longer do you need like these complicated multi-technology stacks. I mean, you're still going to need some things, but it's yeah. But like you don't you don't need three query engines anymore. It's it's we really can do it all here at Trino. So that's that's my my push for 2024. And and if anyone finds any 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 obstacles for for that with Trino, they should let us know. Yeah, maybe we have to write some more SQL functions. Yeah, we'll we'll by just using routines. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I think that's been great. Um, I'm really looking forward to this 2024. It's already started great with the first release. We're going to plop another one over probably next week and we'll ship between a gateway. We'll do between a gateway developer syncs. We'll probably do some contributor congregation soon as well. So lots of stuff already lining up. It's and, going to be another exciting year for the bunny. <laughs> and the bunny is just slightly bigger now. That's important to remember. Is if you find a way to get some Trino swag in your hands, Commander Bun yeah. Bun, you know. Yeah, let's just not get to a wear rabbit or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. I think that's a wrap. Yeah, thank, thank you everyone for tuning in. Most of you on demand, we still appreciate it. And uh, thank you to our team for joining us for this episode of the Trino Community Broadcast. 
we'll see you all soon as we've got a few more Trinity Community broadcasts lined up in the near future. So it won't be long before you see us again. Exactly. Music for the show is from the Mega Man 6 gameplay album by Shishtof Swabikowski. Don't forget to give us a star on the Trino repository at github.com forward slash TrinoDB forward slash Trino. And for more information on future shows and to find show notes, check out trino.io forward slash broadcast.